Even beyond. Even beyond. Even beyond. Above and beyond. The Real Estate Show. Hey, we are back with another episode of the Above and Beyond Real Estate Show. My name is Ralph Ciencio, broker of record here at REMAX Hallmark Ciencio Group, and of course, the team leader of uh, Ralph Ciencio Homes. And I'm sitting with my favorite guest, a recurring guest, uh, you know, Colin Noble, realtor extraordinaire. He's a brilliant mind, and I'm lucky to have you on the podcast. Oh, I'm Colin. happy to be back again. Yes. Uh, we're off to a great start, and I like that I'm still a guest on your show. I shouldn't say guest. What's it called? <laughs> like when someone comes. You're like a guest that can open my fridge. Like a permanent my house. guest? Like, yeah, you know, like someone like comes to your house and sits in the, like, the don't touch in Italian. Make yourself at home. The, the no? Italian non toccare living room, that, that yeah. living room with the plastic on the furniture. You're not that guest. You're no? like the, like I come home, I'm like, oh, Colin's here. Yeah, like, like I'm amazing. okay to put my feet up on the on. You're the, like, you can eat whatever, leftovers. Right? You can okay. eat leftovers at, at our house. So yeah, that's, that's a kind of guest. Uh, so yeah, so we have an exciting show for today. Um, Overall, I mean, I guess, how have you been the last little bit? I guess we should Good, good, update. good. Yeah, yeah. Thing, things are great. Um, weather's changing. Weather's changing. Kind of sad, yeah. but it's beautiful. I love this time of year. Fall is one of my favorite times of year. Yeah. Times of year. Time Time, time of year. year. Yeah. Time of year. Uh, just the – I lived overseas for a while. I lived in Australia, and it's basically winter or summer. Really? And it's, it's you know, it's either hot or it's mild. It doesn't really get cold. Like mm. – but in Canada, you get the, the transitional, se- like the shoulder seasons, they call them. Mm. I love the shoulder. Spring kind of sucks because it's rainy and you yeah. know wet and whatever. But you mi- you don't realize that you miss the seasons until you don't live through them, yeah. right? And there's a lot of things that happen in the different seasons. Like yeah. in fall, you have Thanksgiving, you have Halloween, you have, you know, you're gearing up for the winter. And then the spring, you're like, oh, like it's getting yeah. warm. You're getting the patio furniture out. You know, yeah. it's exciting. So that, That's actually a great uh, transition to today's topic. So today we're going to be unpacking artificial intelligence. We're going to discuss AI in real estate. You know, where is it currently at? Where is it heading? Some of the risks uh, or opportunities, depending on the the way that you you know perceive the future uh, of artificial intelligence in real estate. And you know, as you talked about a change of season, and you know, I felt inspired in that. It's kind of like how artificial intelligence or any technology for that matter. Yeah is causing a change in our life. Now, with seasons, mm-hmm. you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for yeah. 10,000 years. It's going to be cold in we 30 know in days, Canada, right? Exactly. Yeah. Now, although we don't know the exact yeah. day of the first snowfall, we have some ability to predict. Yeah. And it's also, I would say, what you described in Canada, the weather changes and transitions really gradually. Mm-hmm. And I think that what has changed in terms of people's perspective of artificial intelligence, AI, I'm not talking specific in real estate, just AI in our lives, is it's kind of like an Australian weather change where it's like it's there's not four seasons, it's two seasons. Mm-hmm. So you're going from not having AI to now it's everywhere. Yep. And it wasn't gradual. Yep. And I, I, I feel like the changes will not be gradual. I mm-hmm. think they will be a really yeah, quite aggressive, sharp right? yeah. learning curve of how do we now live in a world with this as a tool for us. Yeah, yeah. And I... I mean, I I want to bring it back to real estate and talk about yep. AI in real estate, but it's also AI in life, mm-hmm. right? And how it's affecting people and the decisions that people make uh, and the lifestyle that people now live. Uh, we, we were speaking briefly before the podcast. We were talking about AI in our lives and the applications that we use every single day that you just take for granted. Now. We don't even call them AI. We just call them we by their marketing them, name, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, I told you I was going to ask you. 
And for all the listeners out there, we're going to talk about what our favorite or what we find to be the most useful, uh, maybe not so useful, but like what, what's your favorite AI tool that, yeah. I mean, you use or affects you or for helps sure. you make decisions? For sure. I'd say the one that I use probably the most often is Google. Uh, you know, I have Google Home. I'm a Google Home. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I wonder, will we have different camps in the future? Like, what kind of home are you? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, we, we recently moved, uh, and I had to make that decision. Like, I love Ring as a yeah. product. I, I love Google. Like, I mean, Amazon? Amazon. Right, going to be I Google, know. right? And, and We're I, looking for sponsorship, so if Google <laughs> or Amazon. <laughs> uh, Amazon, if you're here, flick of the lights. <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, so, you know, in terms of um, uh, AI at home, I, w- I would say that, uh, the Google Home Suite, which is like, you know, obviously my doorbell, my lights, mm-hmm. um, you know, hubs throughout the home. Mm-hmm. They tell me the weather. They give me the news every morning. Yep. And, you know, you wouldn't think of it necessarily my tiny speaker that I bought for $10 at Best Buy that's in my bathroom. It's a clock and it's yep. just a speaker. And, it, you know, as I'm getting ready in the morning, it tells me the news hi- headlines. Yep. And you don't really think of it as artificial intelligence, but it is selecting what news is best for me right. or what news is most right. relevant. What would be of interest to you, right? So I do put that in the category of AI. Obviously, everyone talks about chat. I think chat's awesome. I think we're just hitting the the, the tip of the iceberg of what it can actually do. Yeah. And chat GPT, right? Chat yeah. GPT, yeah, yeah open AI. And, and I've been using it, you know, playing with it. Uh, and and I, I think it's so fun. I treat it like a, so a friend. I'm bantering yeah. with it yeah. and going back and forth, asking a lot of questions. Um, the way that you can be creative in the prompts is really, I think, uh, a soft skill. I know we're talking about the shift in the world, mm-hmm. but I think the people that are going to excel the most are the people that are using creativity with technology, using the creative yeah. application of this tool. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, and it's... How about, um, you? How about you? What's your favorite AI? Uh, favorite or is kind of the... Yeah. I think... What's ne- the one you use most? I think Netflix because Netflix is... Uh, I've, I'm sure most of our listeners know what Netflix is, but it, it, it's a platform that has an algorithm that will recommend shows to you based on shows that you've watched. So if I'm not interested in uh, history in the 1960s, it's not going to recommend shows for me. But mm. there, there's there's also a problem with that. Yeah, and then it might not give you the the opportunity. I don't know the opportunity to yeah, see something yeah, else, yeah. or it might yeah. it, it, it limits. Sort of what you're seeing. Yeah. Same with like your news headline yes. uh, analogy. Exactly. Of, like, are you getting targeted news that's of yes. interest to you? Are you getting real news, or is that news that it's choosing to that's exactly. show you? Right. And that's that, the danger of AI. Is I, that, I, I think you hit it on the nail. I think that that's it. It's like who's controlling it? What's in it for them? Yeah. And now for Netflix, for example, I feel like it messaging quite clear. What's in it for them? They want you to keep watching. Mm-hmm. I don't fully understand their business model because they get paid a flat rate. Per month, yeah. regardless of how much I watch. Yep. So are they really incentivized by me watching a lot? I'm not sure. Right. Are they showing me – like I watch a lot of documentaries. Yep. I don't know if everyone's Netflix has – Looks like yours, right? Looks like, like yours. Have you ever been to all... your friend's house and you turn on their Netflix? Yeah, and you're, you're like, like, what? Yeah, I'm like, what the heck is this? I've never <laughs> yeah, even seen never this. heard of this before. Watch yeah. again. I'm like, I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> yeah. You watch eight seasons of Downtown Abbey? I'm like – what is that? Is it from CBC? That's uh... it's a good show, actually. Downton Abbey. Yeah, I but... heard. I never watched it. I never watched it. <laughs> Mine's now cartoons. It's yeah. all like it's all like what? I didn't yeah. watch uh, Rachel or Miss yeah. Rachel. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah. But anyway, so um, AI AI is, AI is an interesting space. So 
in, in real estate, there's there's so many AI platforms now. Uh, I think probably one of the biggest ones right now we see is how Sigma. Yep. Uh, there's Zillow. There's Zolo. There's, uh, there's lots. Remax there's, has a powerful tons, AI as right? well. Yep. Yeah, and brokerages have their own AI. Yep. KW has their like yep. everyone has their own form of AI. Um, and I want to speak about and have a conversation about AI and how that is affecting consumers. Yes. How is it affecting the decisions they're making? And how do we make sure that AI doesn't distort or doesn't doesn't advise people improperly, I guess, is, yeah. is what we're after, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that the tools that you described, personally, I like them. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen in the, in the Toronto real estate market, we've seen this kind of movement of the curtain. Now everyone can see behind the curtain of days on the market. Has it been relisted? Has a home listed five times in the last two years? Mm-hmm. Uh, what were the prices they were asking? How much did they pay for the home? Mm-hmm. And all this offers transparency in the marketplace. Yep. The advantage to that is a transparent market allows for a more efficient market. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows consumers to make more informed decisions, mm-hmm. both buyers and sellers. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go in now for a, you know, a listing appointment or you know, a listing consultation, mm-hmm. oftentimes I bring my report of the homes that have sold recently. Yep. And six times, seven they times have out of their, ten, they have they've their got report, their right? report. I was yeah. with a client last night, and he yeah. showed, opened up an Excel spreadsheet, and he showed me every property in the neighborhood yeah. and the characteristics. And I thought that was amazing yeah. that he could access so yeah. much data. Yeah. Um, you know, I think in this case here, we're you know, using artificial intelligence to amalgamate data, to pull it all together. I think that's really powerful. To provide context to the data could help, mm-hmm. but I am weary about uh, automated system providing context mm-hmm. because it doesn't really give um, – some it, it describes a narrative with partial information, mm-hmm. and as long as the buyers or the sellers or whoever whoever the consumer is of the AI technology realize that, that this is most or part of the information, right? And right. there's still another part to be discovered, right. right? Right. But do you find do you find that people? I'm gonna I'm gonna use House Sigma because House Sigma is uh, it's a popular one. It's very popular, yeah. right? And everyone everyone sends you a House Sigma listing, say, oh yo, check this out, and then. You know, how Sigma does the estimation of sale yeah. price, yeah. right? And 90% of the time, it's wrong. Yeah. We were seeing that a lot, whether yeah. it's underperforming, whether it's overperforming or understated, I should say. Um, and I think there's a problem in that because when it comes to uh, AI predicting, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, sale prices, yeah. a lot of consumers, uh, I don't want a blanket statement, but a lot of consumers are relying on that AI to inform them yeah. of what that home is worth. Yeah. And I find that that's a, that, that's a big problem. Yeah. It's nice to have a, a, a sort of an expectation or, or a certain guideline on the, where it's going to land. But there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that AI doesn't know. Yeah. And we always talk about making decisions emotionally yeah. and then justifying them rationally, right? So I want to talk about the emotional aspect yeah. of AI. But what doesn't AI know? AI doesn't know if your basement is finished and you did it with your father-in-law on the weekends yep. and it, it wasn't registered through the city. Mm-hmm. There's no permit. Yep. There's no record of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. AI doesn't know if you put in granite countertops. Mm-hmm. So the estimation of value on House Sigma doesn't know that you put in you know, $80,000 in landscaping around your property. It won't yep. know that. Yeah, exactly. And on our last podcast, we spoke about uh, seller situation and the different situations that sellers are now in. Does AI know that... You just recently got a new job in Alberta, mm-hmm. and you have to move, and you have to sell your house by, yeah. you know, 
November 30th? Yeah. Does it know that you just got a divorce and, you know, there's a, there's a court case now that you have to sell your home by a certain, certain date? I don't think it does. No. But um, even going back to your emotional side, it's like, did you renovate your home with everything that was totally perfect for you? And mm-hmm. you're the only person that picked that color green hardwood floor that nobody else wants. Mm-hmm. Like, I bought a home that had literally forest green hardwood <laughs> Top to bottom. Yeah. The carpet was hardwood. Yeah. It was a golfing enthusiast. Yeah. Um, and the house sat on the market. Like it was yeah. it was it was on the market because people couldn't see past those things. Yeah. Now AI, will it know that this is the most trendy you know, we'll call it the, uh, what's the type of hardwood you have in your place now? Um, call it red, red oak or yeah, white that, oak that, or like white plank. Like white plank. Yeah, yeah. bleached oak. Yeah. Like a very popular hand yeah. carved. Or is it a beautiful white or gray kitchen? Mm-hmm. Or is it a nutmeg kitchen that was designed and selected in 1995. Right. So AI is not going to understand the emotional, the grab. Right. And we know that people make decisions emotionally. They justify them rationally. Yep. We know the profit is in the emotional side of the sale. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Nobody ever pays a lot of money for the rational side. They pay the right. bottom dollar right. for the rational solution. Right. It's the emotional solution. Right. Right? Right. When you're looking at, you know, car sales, uh, any luxury item, it's the emotional mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's somebody buying a $30,000 watch, mm-hmm. there's no rational decision mm-hmm. of why you're buying a $30,000 watch. There's mm-hmm. an emotional decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I see sometimes uh, my wife's friends with their shoes with red bottoms. I don't know who yeah, they are. Louboutins. Okay, you, you know, I don't know what they are. Louboutins. <laughs> it's like, for me, it's just, you know, it looks cool, like the yeah. red, but I wouldn't pay... 12x for that shoe because right. I don't have that emotional connection. Right. Right. So I think AI is going to miss some of those. There's going to be a gap there. Right. So will there ever be – I'm throwing this out there as a discussion yeah. point. But will AI ever be able to be emotional? Hmm. Right? Like yeah. will – Will it learn emotion? Will it learn emotion? Wow. That's right? crazy. Crazy. Because then, then it will provide context to the information it's yeah. providing. It will have – a lot more information that it can provide. I think right? if I asked my Google Home a question and it said, just a minute, I'm going through a tough time right now. Yeah. I, I probably, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, yeah I'm leave tired. Me alone. Yeah. You know, what do you really want from me? Right. You know, that's, but uh, it'll, it'll, I don't want to say it's impossible because the transition we've seen with AI over the last five years has yeah. been just like out of this world. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't yeah. say no. Um, but I guess the question is, how do we work with this, right? We look at advents in technology. You look at changes and how that kind of shaped the world. Yep. Um, you know, and we, were, we were talking about, you know, how some new technology shaped employment, right? Yep. Yep. Um, you use an ex- example. I think we were chatting over grabbing a coffee about um, excavators, right? Yep. Yeah. So excavators, I don't know when they were invented, but let's call it early 1900s. They used to take... 20 men or women or 20 laborers to dig a hole or dig a trench. And then the excavator came along and it could do it in one twentieth the time and one person, right? So where did those 20 people go who were digging the hole uh, because they lost their job because of new technology and new engineering that produced a more efficient way of doing it? Well, that excavator needs an operator it needs engineers to create it it needs mechanics to maintain it it needs an assembly line to build it it needs a delivery truck driver to get it to the site it needs like all these things it needs 
you need to fill it up with gas. Like so, there's there's all these. It was a shift things, in jobs. Right? So it was a shift. So it was a shift of employment, like yeah. you said. So, and I think that I think we're seeing that now in in the AI world, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I think uh, you know the context that we're talking about in, in real estate is you know how do you allow real estate or how do you allow AI to guide you. In, in you know such, such a big decision right? yeah. now, I think AI could be a really really powerful tool, but I, I'm I'm weary of um, the narrative that people are listening to, like who's mm-hmm. profiting from the information, and you know is is there is there another agenda? Right, right. Is um, it the stakeholders who yeah. provide the software? Who provide you know all that? I mean, yeah. likely yes, but I like you said, I think it's it's great to have a transparent marketplace where the information is out there, yeah. right? Yeah. When you first started in real estate, who who had the information oh. of, of, of past sale prices? Only agents. Right? Only you showed agents. up there with past solds, yeah. like, and they were like, oh, wow, that, you know? Yeah. But now we never go to a listing appointment now, or we never have a buyer consultation where it's, what was the sale of that price? They know. Like, they, know. they know. And if you right? go back even, like I've been selling for over 15 years, just if you go, if you double that and go back 30 years, yeah. people didn't even have internet. They didn't yeah. even know a home sold. Yeah. Yeah. So they were, the realtors were the gatekeepers of information. And that was a really dangerous thing, in mm-hmm. my opinion, because if somebody wanted to uh, encourage you to list your home below market value, well, they would show you the three or four sales mm-hmm. that were below market mm-hmm. value. Mm-hmm. And if the buying agent of your home the agent that brought you the buyer, if they wanted to sell that home, they would show the same comparables that would justify your price. Like collusion almost, right? That's exactly that. That was an exact risk. Uh, Now with greater transparency, you know, if a house is overpriced, the market knows. Um, You know, and so I think that that it's important to understand that as these things kind of grow and become more significant in our lives and as we trust them more, I think we need to challenge the information and look for the context. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, uh, you know, in our office we have a a fun thing which is uh, AI versus AI. So we call it actual intelligence versus artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we look at uh, how Sigma's estimation Mm -hmm. and we have a thick catalog where we outperformed yeah. how Sigma's estimation. Yeah. So they thought that we had uh, an average price on our listing of $1.3 million, and we sell for $1.45. Mm-hmm. And then we have the other book, which is our buyer's one, where it says home is worth $1.3 million, and we buy it for $1.2 million, Yep. right? Yeah. So that, that's a way where our clients can profit from what we call actual intelligence. Right. And I hope that that, that becomes uh, still relevant Mm-hmm. You know, as mm-hmm. AI gets smarter, mm-hmm. I hope I, I hope it does. I think it will. I don't think a lot of people are like, "Is my job in jeopardy? How? What's my job security? Is AI going to take over my job?" Uh, and I think the real answer is, as long as you're still able to provide value and context that AI cannot, you're okay. Yeah, and that's that's what we do, and that's what we preach to our audience and our clients mm-hmm. is that we are here to provide context to all the information yeah. where we can help them justify the emotional sides of things and we can also you know we, we know things that ai doesn't for sure right? the, the so. thing that, that 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 worries me and again going back to a little bit more theoretical world so we look at for example um you know the, the above and beyond real estate show so here we are uh, this will be streamed through youtube as well now people look for social proof yeah. they want to see who's got ten thousand five stars yeah or who's got 100,000 views or, or a yeah. million subs, right? Right, And that's really powerful because we say, well, a million people subbed 
to that. You know, a friend of ours, Tom Story, has over yeah. 10,000 subscribers to yeah. uh, his show with Steve Koresh. Yeah. And, and they've done great work through hard work. Yeah. Now, you could have another person who pays more to YouTube – to advertise and to put that that right. pod, that uh, real estate show in front of the viewers, right. and they may have thirty thousand subscribers, yep. whereas Tom's putting out solid content with great context. Yep. Someone else may have three uh, x the impact or perspective or, um, audience audience yeah. uh, perceived audience, yep. but really it's because it was paid through YouTube right. to bump it up. So that's where right. the, the weird the, we have to watch. What makes someone great? What, did they pay for those right. uh, audience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, it, you know, is the is it really artificial intelligence or is it the money behind right. someone's budget right. to, to bring in twenty thousand, thirty thousand right. subs? Right. So that's where I think is a little bit weary. Is is mm-hmm. watching is like, you know, what was in it for YouTube? Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. And I think that ultimately that's up that's up to the consumer to make that decision, right? Of where like someone might someone might prefer a, a certain app on their phone than someone else because they're interested in that or it gives them that sort of... So, I mean, we can't control the consumer decision. We can help influence it, yeah. but ultimately... Yeah, ultimately it, people it, decide what they want. People decide what, what they we want, want right? Yeah. Um, you know, as we talk about the kind of the future and artificial intelligence, I'm reminded of an amazing book that I read, which was um, uh, Homeo Deus, which is a brief history of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, the author there, Harari wrote another book called Sapiens, which was mm-hmm. the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this kind of futuristic, kind of projected where the, where the world is going. Mm-hmm. And I read the book a few years ago, but it was talking about artificial intelligence and how it will be implemented in our life. Mm-hmm. And what he described in essence was that my son, who's 10 years old right now, when he's 25 or 30 years old, he can say, hey, Google, or whatever other yeah. device will be at that time, hey, Google, who should I marry? And it'll take a few seconds. And it will say, you should marry, you know, Margaret Smith. Yeah. And you say, you know, why? Well, that device would have known every show that my son watched. It would have known every thumbs up or comment that they were engaged with. Every movie they went to. Every time they went to McDonald's. Yeah. What was the, the context of them growing up? Did they grow up in a... Um, uh, you know, household house, family, household or, yeah. family that they have older sister, yeah. and I'll have all these data points. Why? And they're also going to know that Margaret yeah. also has been to Dominican Republic, also loves Arby's, yeah. also is a fan of Ronaldo. All yeah. these things they say, you know, mathematically, beep, 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 yeah. you're the perfect match. That's wild. That's right? just crazy. And that's that's yeah. thirty years, twenty years from now. Imagine, yeah. you know, even further from there, right? Yeah, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, but it's also it's also kind of cool. Yeah, I think. I mean, technology is something that we can't uh, we can't stop. Yeah. Like it's just a it's a developing yeah. thing. It's going to happen. So, yeah. well, I guess the, the 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 moral of the story is, if you can stay at pace with it, at least you don't have to be necessarily in front of the technology because that's hard to predict. Mm-hmm. And and you know, people in Palo Alto make millions or billions of dollars being early adopters, mm-hmm. being able to predict the future. But as long mm-hmm. as you can keep pace. Yep. within at least a three- or five-year window of where technology's at, mm-hmm. you'll be able to ride the wave like a surfer, mm-hmm. not like someone at the beach that just gets smacked with a tsunami. Right. Right. You can ride a tsunami. Yep. It's probably very yeah. difficult. Yeah. But you know, it's, I'd rather be riding it yep. and moving forward with it, yep. progressing with it, adapting with it, mm-hmm. 
as opposed to just standing there saying this is not going to happen because right. right. the ocean's moving. Yeah, so is technology, Agreed. right? So yeah. amazing. Yeah. Awesome any stuff. any other uh, last thoughts as we wrap up? No, I think uh, I think I mean. To generalize, I think AI is great. I think it's important to have context to the information it's providing. And I would say don't make a million-dollar decision if you're purchasing a house just based on an algorithm that AI is spitting out at you. Have, have discussions, have advice, have professional advice, have a guide, uh, your realtor or whoever that may be. Uh, make sure you get the proper context of the information before you make a decision. Yeah, amazing. Right? Amazing. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, for listening and for watching. Uh, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, comment down below. What do you think the future of AI in real estate? We'll talk about. We'll make it simple. Where will AI be within three years or five years from now? Comment down below. Will it have an impact? And also, second question: Would you trust AI to help you in your home buying or home selling decision? Thank you guys so much for watching. We hope to see you again soon. On behalf of Colin and I, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much.